to another happy What the Folk Sunderland review show. A late goal from Jewison Bennett, son of Gary, ensured Sunderland's hugely impressive start to life in the championship continued as we jump from, uh, if you jump a place even, sorry, a fifth, terrible intro. Um, yes, that is fifth though. I am surprised myself, so no wonder I got it wrong um, in the second tier table. But as always, we will be here to react and revel in another superb performance on today's show. And joining me as always is regular guest, Dave Lawrence. Dave, how are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, very well, mate. Uh, I, I don't think how how time changes. I don't think anyone can, as a Sunderland fan can be whinging at the minute. So, uh, yeah, in a very good mood. Sun's shining, so happy days. Yeah, same same here. And I'm delighted to return uh, to welcome a return to the show. Even God, I can't get my words out today. Um, Michael <laughs> Bowers, Bowers, are you all right? You really can't do intros today, can you? Um, no, I'm doing very very good. I'm I was I'm very glad this is an audio podcast and not a video one because i feel rough as anything this morning but it was worth it i wasn't going to say anything but i think a few cocktails that i had last night probably are putting to pay uh, putting pay to oh god's sake the fact that i can't speak i'm keeping this all in by the way just so you can tell that i wasn't lying when i said i was going to get pissed last night um so dave as i said before it's, it's a morning after a few cocktails for a few of us and a few jack daniels or whatever it is that we do drink but um Silly question, but how are you feeling about the result, Dave? Yeah, it's literally, unfortunately, my whole uh, my whole kind of speech today is just going to be on superlatives and on cliches. Football's one massive cliche, but you know, you before the game, you look at it on paper, you'd take a point away at Watford. They've just come down from the Premier League. One thing Tony Mowbray alluded to yesterday was they are a big strong physical team you can tell they play Premier League football you know they're 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 in your face for the whole 90 minutes and we we dealt with it and to be to be frank at times not well being a little bit disappointed to come away without three points I mean Jesus Christ <laughs> 18 months ago we were we were disappointed not to come away from Lincoln with three points or something daft like that it's mad but uh yeah yeah very very positive result, I think. Yeah, hugely positive. I think um, I think I said 2-1 uh, to Watford on the preview show and then obviously that was recorded before the midweek game so I felt a bit more confident but even with like a lot of confidence of a 3-0 win, I said 1-1. Michael, what, what was your thoughts on a really, really positive result ultimately? Very good result um, for me because we beat Reading in the week. I felt this game was almost equivalent to a free hit. Watford, two leagues above us last year, as Dave said, they've got Premier League players. I know that we're missing Aslan Massar, but they've still got João Pedro in there. They've still got Keenan Davis in there, just to name two of them. They've got some good players in this division. So to go there and compete against them, get a point. And bear in mind, this is without our two strikers, which was the one thing you could tell during the game. We were missing in our ball every time because a number of times we kept clearing the ball forward and it kept coming back to us because Watford have got two very freakishly tall centre-backs and then it keeps coming back at us. But at the same time, we had to compete in a different way um, and the result was deserved. I don't think Watford could say that when any Watford fans, not there's going to be any Watford fans listening to this, but you never know. I don't think any of them could really say we didn't deserve a point because 
the substitutes that Mowbray uh, brought on. So Diallo came on, Barr came on, and Benet. Is it is Benet actually how you pronounce his name? Because I've been saying Benetti. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. I've just been calling him Son of Gary, and it seems to work. So, <laughs> well, well, apparently someone on my YouTube review said, um, "From a Costa Rican, Benetti is not how you pronounce Benet." So I'm just going to say Benet now, and just hope that I'm not corrected on that. Anyway, but when, by the way, when they came on, they 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 terrified Watford actually, and I'm not exaggerating. They Watford backed off, uh, instinctively pushed back 10, 15 yards for the last 10, 15 minutes, and I and I said to my friend next to me at the game, "A goal's coming here." If we keep this pressure up, we're going to get chances. It's just about taking one of them. And, I mean, we're just talking about, I mean, obviously, the first goal, I'll quickly touch on them. The first goal, I didn't know was a goal because, obviously, it's at the other side. I thought it was, I thought it had gone out for a corner and I saw six Sunderland players run to the corner flag. So it was like Charlton at Wembley, if you remember. You can't celebrate it because you didn't know it was a goal. Um, oh, boy, it was carnage when Bennett, when Bennett scored. And to be fair, he did very well. The ball come in quickly from Roberts. I think it took a deflection as it got to him. The composure for an 18-year-old from Costa Rica in his first first spell in England to control the ball and then just drill it, lash it into the bottom corner. But very, honestly, it was a very, very good point, as Dave alluded to. Very good point. And you can't complain. Just for context, actually, and I was looking at this, and this will make you laugh and depress you at the same time. I looked in the last season with our simple with our friend, Mr. Simple Simon, when we were in the championship last time, how many points we had after 10 games. We had six points after 10 games last time. This time we've nearly tripled it, which I think tells you the spirit of the team is a lot better and a lot, there's a lot more harmony here than there was last time. Yeah, hugely. I agree 100% with that. I didn't want to think about that time, but I said yesterday, well, I wouldn't be surprised if we've got more points than we have the entire season. And I know I think we're probably under um, what we were at the, last, the championship last time, but I think that speaks volumes at the difference in points and the difference in, in feeling. But um, Dave, the, the headline's going to go to lovely little Dewey Burnett, who just seems dead lovely, bless him. Um, it's a great strike. He looked a lively little player when he came on during the week in his cameos. I think it's really important that we stay patient with him. I know it's hard when you kind of like want to just love him essentially because he's he's went and scored and he's came all the way over from Costa Rica, left his family and that he's only a kid, and you kind of want to be like, oh, well done, kid. But we do have to be patient with him. But how important is that goal? In fact, that he scored it in front a late goal in front of a packed away end. How important is that going to be for his confidence, not just in um, settling into the team, but like settling into the area in the league? Yeah, made massive. Like you know, he's he's whacked his shirt off. He's he's gone absolutely mad. And to be fair, next thing you know, you look up at the Sunland crowd, and all the Sunland crowds taking their shirts off in kind of in, in a bit of a. Bit I of wasn't a, one of them. I promise. <laughs> um, and I just think, listen, if he if he can't fall in love with it and settle down, and yeah, he's if you're trying, and I think. It, John knows something. I'm going to go full circle and and say that I was wrong about Tony Mowbray. Don't mind admitting it when I'm completely wrong. If there's one thing that we need in front of all this lot, in front of all the kids, it's probably a, a bit of a, a bit of a dad figure. And he certainly comes across like that in football and heads. I've no doubt he's got good tactical nous and whatever, but he, his personability seems really, really on on point. To be fair. Um, I go back to previous coaches. I'm not going to mention Mr. Grayson because he's in. Well, yeah, let's. Uh, we'll, we'll you, ju- you just, you, you just have. Oh, did I? Oh well. I love that. I'm not. I'm not going to mention him. Proceeds to mention him two seconds later. Well, if we are going to mention him, now that you've asked me to mention him, which I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll humour you, and that doesn't even get me started on Phil Parkinson. 
But I think the great thing about Tony Mowbray is he comes across as always going to protect them. And we've had situations under Lee Johnson, under Parkinson, where it's, it is a results business. It's massive. And there's probably, weirdly, a lot less pressure being in the championship with such a young squad. The fact that we're competing is great for the fans because that keeps them on side. Um the fact that the players seem to be enjoying themselves, the fact that Mowbray seems to understand what the North East is all about, which of course he would do, it just all seems to fit in well. So the great thing about it is you might see them in little cameos, then all of a sudden we come up against someone who's like, right, I'm going to start you. He's going to reward them, exactly how a football club should be run. Um, so yeah, I, I think Burnett, I think apparently he was so impressed with Barr yesterday, it was unbelievable. He couldn't speak highly enough of him. Who, who'd have thought we'd be sitting here? like I say, as little as 18 months ago, being positive and thinking that we're building a squad which is going to grow together and, hey, getting way ahead of myself, possibly challenging for Premiership next season. Who knows? Unbelievable. I think I was going to ask this question a bit later on, but I'll, I'll fire it now since we're on <clears throat> the, the Tony Mowbray train. Um, oh, you do the Tony Mowbray. Um it's a it's a long old season, Michael, right? And, and things can change. Um, but the review or reaction shows a review of how we're feeling after that game. And then we look back on the end of the season and realize how right or how wrong we are. But there's no doubt that losing Alex Neal was a huge blow, right? But let's not deny it. There's there's doubts on how that would affect us. However, you know, regardless of your thoughts on the recruitment, whether you think it's the right, the wrong, or a mixture of both, um, that's the way we work as we bring in young talents. We want to play attractive football. We want to develop these players, either make them sellable assets or the, the benefit the team and where we are at that time. Is there perhaps reason to believe on the evidence that we've seen so far, obviously bear in mind things can change, that maybe Tony Mowbray and his trusting of youth, his style of play is better suited to the club and the way that it works at present than Alex Neal ever was? Well, I won't bore you with my thoughts on Alex Neil, because everyone knows my thoughts. Um, so we'll, we'll not get into that. But with Tony Mowbray, I think he's the, he was basically appointed because he's what the recruitment team are looking for. He's basically coming into, willing to work within the system of developing young players. And as you said, either make, get the team better or the, in, in some cases, sell them on for a profit, which is going to happen. I think fans have to accept that. We have to get ourselves to be sustainable in a certain way. Um, and I think that's the way to do it. So there is, and like Dave said, there's less pressure on these lads because I think for me, <laughs> Dave can talk about playoffs all he wants. Uh, Bradley can say predictors to finish fifth all he wants. For me, this season realistically is about making sure that we are comfortably clear of, uh, in the as, as Bradley said, I like to say comfortable consolidation. That's the bare minimum. If we do better, fantastic. But if we don't, it means that this season you can afford these players to make the mistakes, which they will make. As you said, Burnett will will have games where he's not very effective. It's just natural. It happens. Um, and then, therefore, there's less pressure on them to not make the mistakes because we're not as long as we're winning enough games to be really comfortable this season, then I think that we can afford to have that. And as a result of that, they'll get this hopefully betting in period in quotation marks, if you want to call it that, get that out of the way this year. And then, in, and then say next season or the one after that, whichever it is, where we want to start pushing for things, they'll be more experienced and hopefully have ironed out the mistakes. Um, so the, you're right. I mean, as I said, there's less pressure and I, I like what we're doing personally. I know that the argument is you want some experience and I do get that. I think there's a couple of things I do wish the recruitment team had done in the summer. Um, get another striker for one, I must admit. But in general, when you look at those players, 
um, yesterday, like again, I said, Bar looked very good when he came on. Burnett looked very good when he came on. I thought Diallo ran them ragged when he came on. And bear in mind, again, that's against a team that's got Premier League players in it. So, again, won't happen every game, but there is there is reason to be positive here. Obviously, we have to be patient and stick with them. And, and But at the minute, we're fifth in the league. You can't complain with that. So, although I suppose the caveat is we are five points off 22nd. It's still very, very open and very tight. So, we have to bear that in mind. Um, and just one last thing on Tony Mowbray. I love that picture that was posted uh, when he was with, I think it was Rory Fallow and then Sunderland posted it when he was with uh, one of the branches on the way back. I'm already loving the bloke. Give me more Tony Mowbray. Yeah, I, I think I think he's sound. I know a lot of the um because he's very granddad-esque comes across as very banterish, but I actually like I always oh recently I've judged a manager. Well, I haven't just judged a manager on this, that's a total lie. But if I enjoy listening to their their um press conferences, then that's probably a good thing. And uh, Alex Neils, I love listening to him because he was straight talking and, and almost funny. Um Lee Johnson, I, I didn't. Um Phil Parkinson, I, I didn't. Um, with Tony Mowbray, I like listening to him because he's he's given me information that I think is quite interesting from a fan of you know like I loved his thoughts on Patrick Roberts and I kind of understand it and I kind of get it and and I, and I like that he's what he's saying kind of aligns with my thoughts and I hold my hands up and say I was completely underwhelmed by Tony Mowbray and thought oh god here we go nothing you weren't the only one a lot of people were to be fair a lot yeah. of people were I was initially myself. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think a few people were, but you know what? I mean, it's early doors with five or six games into his tenure, but fair play to him. He's, you know, to, for him to have been handed essentially the reins of a football club because the manager left elsewhere, not because he was sacked. Um, and within four or five games, just keep it as positive as it was pretty much from the day that we won at Wembley or the first game of the season. And that's yeah. testament to him and the players, isn't it? If you, yeah, well, I definitely. Um... And I think one thing that you mentioned, regardless of your, of your opinions on the regime or Alex Neal or whatnot, one thing I'm very impressed with, and I think he kind of came in and really Mowbray's done this quite well. I'm very impressed with how Mowbray and the squad have dealt with Alex Neal leaving. Because as you said, losing Alex Neal was a blow. Whatever your thoughts on the situation, it was a blow. Um, so to respond from that and to go and get, I mean, what we had, so beat Rotherham, lost to Borough. Bear in mind, Borough, we lost Ross Stewart 10 minutes before kickoff. Um, beat, stuffed Reading and then competed against Watford. Um, down the line, not having a striker is not sustainable. We're not going. I mean, we scored five goals without Stuart or Sims, but obviously across the season, you are going to get found out from that. But I'm very impressed with how the squad's just, in the words of Alex Neal, put their big boy pants on, got on with it. They've um, they've got on with the fact that he's left and just shown the togetherness that's there. And that's and even trying hard not to constantly compare the championship to last time we were here. Last time, everyone felt so disheartened, disunited. There was no harmony whatsoever. This time, the trajectory seems upward. And even though we will have bad days at the office, there seems to me a case of this team will not give in and that there's the character that's there. And that will that will go a long way. That goes a much longer way than what people think it is. And Tony Moore is a big part of that. I think he will be a big part of that as the season goes on. Dave, I said during the, the week, um, I think on the uh, reaction show after Reading, I said, is it a good time to face Watford because they're a bit demoralised, a bit arguments between themselves and not really rating this new manager they had in? Or, or is it a dangerous time because sometimes that's when, you know, you you pull your shorts up and roll your sleeves up or whatever it is. Um, the lads went behind twice and they responded superbly. We were going for the, the win at the end. And like you said before, we're a bit disappointed that we couldn't in some in some ways. Um, this season we've touched on it already. They've lost their manager 
for no reason at all from their perspective. And that that's tough. They've lost their main striker. They've got used to that. And then they've lost the second striker and we're playing Pritchard or Embo or whoever it is up front. The lads keep on responding. Um, Michael touched there before on the togetherness and the mindset of the, the team that plays, but just how impressive is the lads' mindset and the togetherness of the team, the fans, the whole the, the whole spectrum of Sunderland Association of Football Club at the moment, Dave? Oh, I'm glad you I'm glad you've asked really because it was something I was going to make a comment on. I think the big difference this time between the recruitment, a lot of it will be to do with skill set, potential, resealable value, improving the squad, whatever. I genuinely think they're looking into the psychological aspect of signings. You just look at it in hindsight with uh, the team in the championship under Grayson, the likes of Ndong were in there. Now, clearly all right footballers in terms of what they can do with the ball at the feet. But let's be also honest, not really for me to say professionally, but weak mentally, they didn't want to play in the championship. They didn't want to come and earn the right to play football before they could show their skill set. And I think the one thing we can say about every single player in this squad at the minute, including the likes of Pritchard, including the likes of Roberts, who have gone for big transfer fees, who are very technically gifted footballers. And I think we can say that very safely that they are. They want to play for the shirt. They want to play for the fans. Listen, even when they were at the likes of Huddersfield and Okirst, even City to an extent with Patrick Roberts, how many chances are they going to get to play in such in front of such fanatical support? You know, Roberts will have done it at Celtic. Celtic have a huge fan base, of course. They're, they're fanatical. Um, but Huddersfield for Pritchard, is he is he going to have faced what he what he faces now? It's not going to get any better for him. That's and that's not a bad thing. What what Sunderland can offer him is quite a decent pinnacle of football, I would have thought. Okay, maybe it's no European Championship, but look at the way we've just just celebrated a 90th-minute equaliser. You even imagine if you could get to an FA Cup semi-final, an FA Cup quarter-final, something on the line. Jesus, it's, you know, and I think... He's, do, he's doing it again. He's, do, he's doing the hyping everyone up again. I definitely don't think we're anywhere close to an FA Cup semi-final at the minute, unfortunately. But <laughs> literally, I think the I think the recruitment team have to be given a bit of credit because I think they're looking at the mental aspects of it as well. And listen, everyone who comes into this into this group, kind of, I think they're going to have to fit a certain remit in terms of psychological attributes. And it was something that I'd saw a little bit of rumour with Fabian Delph the other day. Now, listen, I know he's a little bit older. He's that kind of Corey Evans type signing. But from the little bits that we've seen on the Man City documentary and stuff, Delph held himself pretty pretty high in terms of standards, in terms of winning mentality. I think he'd slot right in. And if we're out there trying to find players like that, instead of just going, oh, Jesus, I can't even remember some of the shite signings that we've had over the last couple of years. But... Yeah, Jim, Lawrence de Bock, whatever the hell he was. <laughs> but yeah, he, he just probably wasn't going to fit in with our dynamic as as a as a club, as a culture. 
And I think everyone that we're getting at the minute's uh, fitting in with that philosophy. And yeah, I just can't, I haven't got a bad word to say about any of it, to be fair, at the minute. Yeah, I think it's difficult. I think I've, um, I'm openly always cautious of the club. And I know some people don't like that and some people do, but um, I wouldn't say I'm struggling to find fault with them because I'm not looking for them, but um, I actually can find a lot of praise for them at the moment. Um, I think there's got to be praise for, for Speakman at, at the present that we speak. The players that he's brought in, I was like, he's brought in too many young lads. He needs more experience. Uh, I mean, fair enough. You know, he's, like, he's, he's done all right. Um, the players that he's brought in at the time of speaking have done a job, like, and we've not needed experience heads. They've all kind of bonded together, which has been been more than fine. But um, I wanted to ask you this question because obviously you you were there, Michael, and um, I don't know whether Dave was, I know I wasn't. Um, Abdullah Bar was on 20 minutes and, you know, could have quite easily, oddly been player of the match. He was that good in that cameo. Just how exciting was the 20-minute the cameo from, from Bar? Um, I was very, like I said earlier, I was extremely impressed with him. I thought even a simple thing is his ball retention was very, very good. I was very, because obviously I'd not seen anything about him. I'd not heard of him. I'd not known anything whatsoever about Bar before coming on. And straight away, I noticed how he looks like he's got a little bit of pace about him. His, his footwork's very good. And this, again, this is against a team that was two leagues above us last year. And to show, and we feel us, that's the word that one of my close friends um, used on the way out from the ground. Fearless, absolutely fearless. They they were just thinking, well, come on then, let's take it to these. We've got the quality, let's go for it. So um, I love the fact that every one well, I described right, a few weeks ago, Bristol City, I described everything we did came through Pritchard. He was the cog that got us forward and was helping us get on the front foot a lot more. I would almost and obviously I know I don't know what if bars the type of uh, situation Pritchard is when Pritchard likes to be attacking midfielder and get forward, but but it was kind of the cog yesterday. As soon as he came on, I was thinking, blimey, this guy's got a bit of skill about him, hasn't he? Um, and obviously, again, it's a, it's based off a 20-minute cameo. We need to see across the whole the whole season, as we do with a lot of the signings, whether they are going to be like that. But it's that it's that type of stuff. Look, Speakman's had his faults. That's, I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's things he's done that should have been a lot better. The head coach thing last season, for one. For me, though, when I look at those signings, if that's a sign of things to come... That's why I personally defend Speakman. Um, I know a lot of people don't, and that's fine. It's just down to your own perspective. Uh, for me, I think when you, like Dave said, I think we're looking at the mental side of things with the footballers and the mentality was so much better. You know, again, from the signings that came on, it was a fearless mentality. It was, well, we've got nothing to be scared of. And I think that kind of reflects, to sort of wrap it up a bit, that the it kind of reflects the whole mood around the supporters in the club at the moment that of anyone I've watched in the championship, hardly anyone scared me at the moment. And I think the players will reflect that. And and I think we've played a lot of the top teams. I think Sheffield United look like they're far and wide the best side in this league. I thought Norwich, just mm. the, the the ability they had sort of on the bench. And, it, and it's only one fan's opinion, but I've seen a Sheffield United fan and a Norwich fan. I don't know how I came across it because I wasn't looking for it. And I know Twitter's never the best barometer for how people think, but they both said, I think they said, who's the best? I think it was maybe Gabe Sutton said, who's the best side you Yeah, he did, yeah. Season. Um, and the Norwich fan and Sheffield United fan were like Sunderland and it's just like and I think QPR fan said it as well if I'm not mistaken well if it wasn't for a bloody goalkeeper I would have had three points oh, yeah that fans, is so. true yeah um, but again another good side QPR are not a bad side they're open around you know pushing playoffs last season mm. um, same as, as Coventry and I know their season's been a bit disrupted so they kind of sit around the bottom but I think all in all Coventry will not be there come the end of the season um, mm. I think there's a lot of ch- a chat around speaking and I don't want to take away any um 
arguments around him. But I think one big thing, whether he's recruited this or whether this has just happened naturally via um, the run that we've been on since sort of the, after the Bolton game, really. But I think the players need to take an awful lot of credit for not just, you know, it's, it's, yes, recruitment's really, really important. Getting the manager right is important. The culture's really important. But I think ultimately the players have like, pardon my friendship, but shown their balls um, throughout throughout the season. They've kind of shown that even when back's against the wall, I mean, the worst we've played the season is probably Borough and we were still in it. We were still in that game and, and I know Borough are struggling, but they're, they're not going to be struggling come the end of the season. You've got far too many good players to be where they are at the moment. But, um, you know, there's a long way to go, I suppose, at the same time, but ultimately it feels positive. And I want to end this on a huge positive. You'll notice I've got zero negatives in. I always like one negative for balance, but I just don't want to put any in. Dave, I'm going to give you the final question um, before we go. There's no game now until October the 1st, but then we have Preston, who are struggling to score goals. Then we have Blackpool, who are really not setting the world alight. If, it's a big if, but if we take maximum points from those games, is it time to start believing that actually we might do the unthinkable and we can aim for a second promotion? Listen, everything we try to do is about context. We've got our own opinions. We we discuss them daily, weekly, monthly. But for for as much as when you're on the roller coaster, you have to take the highs, you have to take the lows, and you've got a you've got to enjoy it. Listen, there's there's nothing at the minute. If we go and get big three games in a row, yeah, it, it puts pave to it. It's it's everyone's doom and gloom and how can we fix this and whatever. Listen, we started with a team yesterday that competed. We made five substitutions, which is changing half of a team, which when you think about it statistically and, and from a football and coach sense to change 50% of your team it suddenly starts coming across like a like an international friendly when you're changing so many players but those players are fitting straight into the system and not only competing but also pushing each other on to, to another level and like I say to the fact that we're sat here saying that we a little bit disappointed in turning over Watford Sheffield United we were down to 10 men again it just shows the spirit of everyone we competed with them, and they like look. I think their goal difference at the minute is plus seventeen. They're good. I think it's always a good indicator when, at this stage of the season, someone's on close to plus twenty goals. They can they score goals. They don't concede too many. When you're at the bottom of the league and you've got a minus twenty five goal difference, there's every chance that you're going to end up struggling for the rest of the season. I think we've actually tightened up a little bit since Alex Neal's gone. Personally, okay, we conceded two yesterday, but not against any mugs. It's not as if we've conceded two goals against Preston. Because one Preston was an own goal just, as well, just to put that out there. Yeah, but he's got a lovely smile, Michael. So be it. Um, yeah, honestly. So yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I said at the beginning of the season, before we'd kicked the ball, I thought there was enough attacking potential within this squad without the new signings to have a flirt with the playoffs at some point this season. I still think that I'm probably going to be right. Brad's not on to defend himself. Brad's wrong, I'm right. Just putting that out there, guys. Um, It's probably going to come a little bit too early. I think it might. But I think all the players that are in the squad, and this is just from what what you can see from the outside, I think they're all happy. I don't think too many of them will get their heads turned 
the senior members of the squad, which includes the likes of Jack Clark, Patrick Roberts, Pritchard, they've been elsewhere, they've done it, they're not going to get their heads turned, even if like a Tottenham come in or something like that. So I think it's very positive. And yeah, hey, do I think at the minute there's half a chance that we'll sneak into sixth spot? Yeah, I've got no reason to think that we won't. So unfortunately, Bowers, you're going to have to deal with the fact that I think we might have another Wembley trip, but it's, well, there's no, a long way to go. Well, what, just one final thing to add to that, I know you want to wrap it up, but after all the crap we've put up with over the last five, six years, we deserve to enjoy this. So enjoy the highs while you can. Absolutely. And as Dave said, it's a roller coaster, but it's a roller coaster of love. I'm absolutely disappointed that you didn't pull out the old Ron and Keaton there, if I'm honest. I was going to, it was in my head, and then I thought about the Chili Pepper song, and I was like, nah, Beavis and Butthead were in that, so fuck <laughs> it, you're getting, you're getting the Beavis and Butthead. But lads, you know what, it's always nice to be talking um, absolute shite when we're feeling positive, because it always feels like we're talking crap in the positive direction, if that even makes sense. I'm a little bit hungover, as you can tell, that's why I'm talking just nonsense. Um, but I hope everyone at home enjoyed it, and uh, like, listen, share, subscribe, um, and if you don't want to, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just get behind the lads, and that's nice. Try.